Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 95 for Monday, June 29th, 2020. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixorifs, and joining me as always on this fateful day is our good friend Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. Good day to you, sir. And if you, dear listener, would like to hear more about customizable keyboards, we're talking about the rabbit hole of custom switches and special keys, RGB lighting, and all of that. Also, ribs barbecue then you should check out the render distance it's the pre-show conversation that johnny and i have every week you can find that at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks and speaking of patreon we have some bonus stuff coming up in the next week on sunday july 5th at 4 p.m eastern or 9 p.m in the uk we are going to be doing a quarterly hangout that is our second quarterly hangout of the year this is a hangout with our patrons where we discuss the podcast and where it's going how it's doing, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's always a lot of fun. Uh, if you are going to be around or if you are thinking about supporting us on Patreon, then you'll get a cool bonus thing uh, there on July 5th with the Hangout. Uh, they are also recorded and available to patrons later. So if you can't make the live Hangout and you want to hear about show analytics and and potential things we're going to be doing in the future, all that kind of stuff, then uh, you can just find that in the Patreon members only feed, which is another perk of, of being a patron. Yes, and hard on the heels of that comes our next guest episode. We are very excited to announce this one. Hopefully everything still comes together and there aren't any scheduling conflicts, but Azumavoid will be joining us for the July 6th episode of the Spawn Chunks to talk about the Hermitcraft server, the Hermitcraft community, and how they've all been dealing with the update to 116, the Nether update. So excited to have him on the show of course we will have our email inbox firmly open for anybody who wants to send in questions make them short and sweet make them polite and respectful and maybe don't ask to join hermitcraft that's probably the most frequently asked question that the man gets maybe consider sending something in though uh the email address is spawnchunkmail at gmail.com and we'll have that for you later in the show as well so this has been a bit of a week because uh, Minecraft 116, the Nether update, was released basically the day after our last podcast. And before we start, by the way, I want to apologize to anybody who listens to the show on YouTube. The update kind of took over my life and some changes in the back end of YouTube have meant that I sometimes leave the episode uploaded but unlisted for a little while so that it can process all of the stuff it needs to process before I publish it. And I just did not publish it <laughs> until like <laughs> until earlier today. So I will try and be better about the YouTube upload this time around. And apologies to anybody who was waiting a week for a show where we discuss our thoughts leading up to the Nether update, but not the Nether update itself. However, today we will be getting into it. And the two of us have been getting into it on live streams and videos. So talk to me about your experiences of Minecraft this week, Joel. Oh boy, let's. Uh, <laughs> let's go in and yeah you can probably tell from joel's uh tone of voice right now that there may be there may be a few a few potholes on that particular road yeah so well I, i'll say this with an asterisk that we'll talk about the actual gameplay later in the show the main discussion yes. is obviously going to be about 116 um i streamed 116 on release day uh, that was fun actually being able to and being available to uh jump uh, raid in on a Tuesday afternoon and stream uh, Minecraft when it came out was great because there was a big Twitch audience, lots of questions, really cool conversations. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a straight blitz, but uh, I was keeping a, thinking about keeping the single player world. Uh, so it was a nether focused stream. It was a brand new world. We I logged in and uh, we were basically prepping for nether mining, getting iron gear, trying to find some gold uh, diamonds and obsidian was basically, you know, um, 
goal one. Um, did not get a great nether spawn, so the stream went sideways quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main issue that I was having was I am now back to dealing with a frame setter on my current PC setup. Now, this is yeah. a known issue with the Core i5-9600K processor that I have. Uh, it's not wide enough that they've recalled them. Otherwise, I would have bought one in the first place, but I didn't know about this bug. Uh, and this is a best guess. I don't know for 100%, but it's really after a lot of testing, this is the best guess, is that when my CPU is taxed, it starts to drop frames. And it's got less to do with my video card and more to do with the CPU. And we all know that Minecraft is a little heavier on the CPU than it is on the GPU, uh, unless you're running shaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, uh, I get a headache after playing Minecraft for about 45 minutes. It's basically, uh, I actually had a really good visual representation. We had help from a strider on stream. I, I was there for this and I totally, having seen you share some videos of how this was happening for you before, it doesn't come across visually on stream, but then you had the example of the strider and I knew exactly what it looked like for you. Yeah, so when a strider is out of lava and it's walking around and shivering, it's basically just shaking. And if I'm walking straight ahead, then it's fine. But the moment that I move my mouse left or right in a first person game with this frame rate issue, my entire screen does what a strider does in the game. It shakes, like like just kind of like vibrates. And it's not quite that dramatic. It's a little bit more subtle. But after a while, you're kind of like blinking your eyes and going like, what is going on? Like, why do I feel so queasy yeah and and it turns out that like i was basically getting some motion sickness from the game so i had to keep my streams to about two hours and believe me at the end of the two hours i was done like i was i was ready to go and it did not have as much to do with the gameplay although i did have an untimely death um as it did the visual um backlog of things um infinity cove my patron server has updated and so far so good uh it was a pretty um seamless way to go i didn't do the um chunk trimming myself uh one of the mods mini packs did that uh and so but everybody's on there and playing and enjoying it that's been smooth sailing i have not updated the citadel yet because that is my main way of playing minecraft it is to have all of my infrastructure all of my current projects on that server and i would like to still be able to play minecraft so if this becomes a problem that i can't fix I can still log into 115 on the Citadel and work on the city, do whatever, which really doesn't involve the nether anyway. So outside of a couple of block textures, I'm not really going to miss the nether update on the Citadel until I can update. Um, It is, however, frustrating when a brand new update comes out and you really want to play. You get to play on day one and then you log in and you're like, oh, great. So even though it's a brand new release of the game, this frame setter thing is is still a, a problem. Uh, without Optifine, I'm kind of stuck because I needed the combination of a Windows tweak uh, with the graphic settings and Optifine to get Minecraft optimized enough so that I didn't have a frame stutter on um, on 115. I still can't record video. In a weird twist of f- internet fate, I can stream to Twitch, download the VOD, and the VOD is smoother than the... Um, locally recorded video because i guess locally recording video is just too much for my processor and it just becomes Mm -hmm. an issue yeah so um with the uh optifine now switching to 116 focus they're not going to work anymore on 115 until 116 is done i'm basically just waiting for optifine uh to tweak the performance of 116 I tried installing Fabric. I didn't give it a lot of time. I installed it once before for 115 to explore, and it worked, but I didn't end up using it. 
uh, and then for 116 fabric is supposed to be able to be uh, available, but it just crashes Minecraft. I can't, I couldn't get it to launch. Now I only took about a half an hour, 45 minutes before a stream on Sunday to explore this. So I'm still struggling with ways to optimize Minecraft to the point where this isn't an issue for me. If you have some technical advice, I can't be the only person going through this. So uh, spawn chunk mail at gmail.com. If you'd like to share uh, some tips with the show, I'd be happy to pass them along to our community. Uh, if you're a member of our Discord and you want to DM me or hit me up in general chat with an at reply about some tech you know, advice and how to get Fabric to work on Minecraft 116, that would be great. Anything to try and tweak the performance, because I would really like to take part. Uh, it's just incredibly frustrating that every time there's a new release, and I'm excited to get into Minecraft, I basically have to sit and watch everybody else have fun because I can't play. Now, again, specific to me with my computer setup, but there's a lot of people that are not playing Minecraft on the latest, greatest computer. And um, I know something that you've mentioned to me about Optifine being like kind of like an industry standard um, for performance issues. Uh, I just, I really wish that the game w was either better optimized and i don't know whether i don't i'm not technically minded enough to know whether this is a java problem and not necessarily a minecraft problem uh it's just a platform that's just so old that it's just not working well i don't know um but it, it was an incredibly frustrating start um the gameplay though was better and we'll get into that later in the show so that that's kind of like where i started my minecraft week was with all of this <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, um, hopefully that improves for you. And the good news is that according to the Optifine News Twitter account, Optifine for 116 is about 25% done already. Um, I imagine there has not been a huge amount to change because the rendering engine has remained the same from 115 to 116, whereas I know with some of the earlier updates there were large changes to what was happening with rendering. I imagine incorporating fabulous graphics is going to be one of the roadblocks for them, but hopefully that will continue apace and we'll be seeing an Optifine update relatively soon. Um, so yeah, as far as my week has gone, I have of course updated the survival guide world and I've been putting my skyblock stuff on hold because I'm not certain quite what is possible to create renewably in skyblock and what would have to be there beforehand and give me some way of farming. Um, like Nylium, for example, like I don't think you can trade that from piglins anymore. It's unable to be bartered from piglins, so I'm not certain where that leaves me with Skyblock stuff, how much I could progress into the content that's available in the 116 update with the world that I have. But for Survival Guide, I trimmed the chunks basically the day before, and I worked on getting the world download sent out to people because of um, my commitment to that from our fundraising stream. Uh, a couple of weekends ago and then i launched straight into the update with that uh trimmed down section of the nether so i was able to find new biomes relatively quickly and uh we'll talk about this again later but i really think i'd made the right choice in moving into this update with a pre-existing world because there were no roadblocks for me getting to some of the new stuff like i could just fly in basically any direction and eventually i would encounter new biomes so i've been able to find the content immediately and it's been really a breath of fresh air. It is funny how much my perspective has changed from getting a little bit kind of bogged down with what am I going to do next? Like what's available to me? Where are the projects? Do I want to ignore this? Do I want to continue focusing on this from the world in 115 to now? I feel like I go back to the overworld in 116 because I'm spending so much time in the nether and everything feels so fresh and new, even though everything is still block for block how it was before. So it, it feels like a change in attitude has happened for me, but 
I've been having a great deal of fun exploring this update. I'm back to making content five days a week because there are so many new features to explore and I'm having a whale of a time with it personally. Thankfully, I have not had any performance issues myself. I have noticed a little bit of uh, framesy behavior in the, the overworld, but that is kind of the same as it was at the beginning of 1.15 when they said they changed frame rate and how that works. So it was no longer uh, prioritizing frame rate over the loading of chunks and, you know, they, they kind of reprioritized some stuff behind the scenes. So like you, I think I'm waiting for Optifine for frame rate stabilization, but not necessarily for the performance boost that it needs to actually run without making me motion sick, because thankfully I'm, I'm not in that, that same boat. But yeah, uh, I will save a lot of what I've got done this week for the discussion later, because there are a lot of interesting uh, findings and stuff that have happened in the process of exploring this update. So I think we'll just roll straight into the news. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. The, the the big point, of course, being that the Nether update is here. Uh, we have a link to the changelog and, and the kind of the main post about the full update on uh, Minecraft.net. There are, of course, new biomes, the Warped and Crimson Forest, Basalt Deltas, and Soul Sand Valleys. There are new mobs, which are Piglins, Hoglins, Zoglins, and Striders. Zombie Pigmen have been retextured and had a rename to better match Piglins, but are otherwise unchanged. We have Netherite, a new tier of tools and armor uh, obtained by upgrading diamond gear. We have new materials in the form of Warped and Crimson Wood, Basalt, Blackstone, Soul Soil, and a handful of other variants of those. We have new structures in the form of bastion remnants we have new sound effects ambient sounds and music you can set your spawn in the nether now using a respawn anchor and navigate using lodestones there are new redstone additions including the target block and the new plus shaped toggleable redstone dot and a bunch of other minor features quality of life improvements and tweaks to existing features we also got a 1.16.1 update which was a minor update fixing stability issues with realms earlier in the week now, there have been some rumblings lately about uh, some of the new features that are potentially still to come in the Nether update, particularly a Bedrock Edition beta, which launched sort of midweek and added the new feature of the Piglin Brute. Uh, Piglin Brutes are supposed to be stronger version of Piglins that live in Bastion Remnants and protect the treasure there. Unlike their cowardly and greedy counterparts, the Piglin Brutes cannot be distracted by gold and aren't afraid of anything. Piglin Brutes attack players on sight no matter how the player is dressed, so no gold armor will save you from these guys, and they wield axes and don't wear any armor because they are just that tough. Uh, King B-Dogs, one of the Java devs, has confirmed that Piglin Brutes will also be arriving in Java Edition soon, and that this is the final addition to the Nether update before they move on to working on the features of whatever comes next. I find it interesting that they don't wear any armor, even though their texture makes it look like they do. Like, they don't have Minecraft armor, but they look yes. like they're armored in, in their visuals. It's, it's, uh, I had to think about that for a second. And from what I understand, they have about 50 points of health, which I think is about half of the HP of an Iron Golem. So they are pretty hefty guys. That's going to take a few swings to take one of them down. Um, but luckily they are not in the game yet. So raid all the Bastions while you can, I think. Uh, two other small points to cover here. Uh, Bedrock Edition has just had an update which includes achievement rewards and emotes. Uh, there are 25 cosmetic items now available in the Bedrock character creator that can be unlocked by collecting 
in-game achievements. Uh, there are also three starting emotes, which I think are something like waving and digging and that kind of stuff. And then you can earn three more emotes from achievements. So once you've unlocked several more of the achievements, you'll find that emotes are some of the rewards as well. There will also be premium emotes available from the Bedrock Marketplace as just cosmetic additions to the game starting July 7th. One last piece of news here that the Minecraft Dungeons Jungle Awakens DLC is due out in just a couple of days. It releases on July 1st, and alongside that, the Minecraft Dungeons soundtrack and the DLC soundtrack is now available on iTunes and Spotify. Cool. I did not know about the soundtrack. That's awesome. I really yeah. enjoy the soundtrack. That's, yes. that's going to be really cool to dig into. I Did we have a date for... The, I thought it was July 23rd was the Jungle Awakens no, it, DLC. The... Uh, the, the article here confirms that it was july 1st um and huh. i don't know where the other date has come from um, maybe they just said july and i we just i just assumed later on oh yeah. you know what it was did was the 23rd 23rd no well 23rd the, was the the nether update so is that may, what that was it was june 23rd was the nether update uh, so, so okay, it may that's, have been that's the, probably my brain is probably you've, you've crossed the streams joel <laughs> that's what's happened <laughs> Yes. you're not supposed to do that johnny that's bad uh, from what i've heard yes I i'm really excited for the dungeons <laughs> dlc i'm excited for more dungeons content especially if there's new equipment to be found there and and looking at the trailer they did publish a short gameplay trailer for this dlc um from what i've seen the mobs don't seem super exciting immediately there is one mob that sort of behaves like a reskinned geomancer like it's a they're, they're kind of carnivorous plant style mobs but it does just create a fence of vines around you like geomancers do with their kind of stone pillars uh and i saw another oh, one that's okay. like a plant that attacks kind of the way husks do in the desert levels so i feel like these aren't necessarily a revelation but there's going to be new equipment for players there's going to be new armor types and combinations of gear that are going to make the game a little bit more customizable and another couple of playable levels maybe a boss at the end i'll be happy uh, i've got it as yeah. part of the hero edition anyway so i'm getting the dlc effectively for free as soon as it's released uh, you can, if you've bought the base game, but not the Hero Edition, you can upgrade for a Hero Pass, which I think is only like maybe a dollar or two more than the price of the Hero Edition on top of the base game. So if you're loving Minecraft Dungeons and you bought the base game, consider checking it out. There is another DLC coming later in the year, which I believe is something snow biome related. I, I forget the name of it now, but it's Creeping Winter or something like that. Maybe that, that rings, a, rings a bell. Yes, yeah. yeah. Something yep. like that is, is coming later this year. So I know we're going to be digging into 116 later in the show, but the Bedrock Edition beta with the Piglin Brutes, I did not see that coming. Um, yeah. It was, and it's the one thing that I think we didn't see in any snapshots. Cause, um, and I want to tip my hat to saying that the snapshots have really kind of like given us, uh, especially on this podcast, an idea of what's coming. It does sort of pull a rug out from underneath you when you go to you know open up a new a version of Minecraft and you realize, well, okay, I do know all this. Not yeah. everybody does. I know all this because I do a weekly podcast about Minecraft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, so the Piglin Brute was kind of like, oh, there was one more thing. You know, like there was just one little uh, uh, trick up their sleeve. I, I kind of feel this is a direct response to the people that would go into a bastion remnant with a hopper and yep. stick the hopper underneath the chests and empty it you will Guilty. no longer be able to do that <laughs> yes yeah yeah I, I mean and there are always going to be ways around combat in minecraft we know that minecraft combat is not the most kind of like skill-based finesse-based kind of thing unless you're in like the high tier pvp 
competitions and stuff i imagine just like blocking off a wall or two will be enough to deal with the piglin brute but even then even then it's, it's adding another level of danger to exploring bastions which can be a very uh calm experience as long as you're careful enough not to mine the blocks of gold or the gilded blackstone that they have lying around uh but yeah i think the piglin brute is is an interesting decision it feels like more of a lore addition than a gameplay feature to me because this is really just like a tougher piglin with it's got it's the piglin equivalent of a vindicator to me it's just an axe wielding piglin but i think having the piglin brute kind of implies more about the piglins than is initially there on the surface like you have a race of piglins which are i believe have been confirmed to be the originators of all of the ancient debris and stuff that you find under the surface now and they are a little bit more cagey they are greedy they are miserly over their gold they will attack things that they feel like should be you know if, if, if anything comes in as a threat to their their hoard of gold that they have with them and they seem to have sort of regressed as a civilization and become more primitive and i feel like a piglin brute is almost like a bridge between them and a zombified piglin it's like the piglin that is just like a tank and relies entirely on its own strength and just charges through and plows through everything and i don't know there's there's, there's some interesting lore implications of it that i'm sure people who enjoy mining that stuff will have a, a field day with from a gameplay and character design perspective, are you disappointed that it's the same model as a piglin? I don't know. I feel like it could be like a more hench kind of buff piglin, maybe a little bit taller or something like that. But I think it's kind of, in a way, sneaky that there's only a couple of cosmetic ways you can identify them from a distance. So if you mm. saw a hitbox log uh, load in, if you saw like a character model load in and it was twice the size of a normal piglin, you'd be able to spot it from a mile away. If it was like, if, if it looked like the Iron Golem, then you'd be like, okay, I'm avoiding that. But you touch down on a bastion and they probably blend in a little bit with the kind of black clothing, the outfits that they have and you don't see that thing from a distance, then it's going to mess you up pretty quickly with the axe. So I think there is there is a little bit of like, it's almost camouflaged in there. So I think it, it could right. potentially take players by surprise in an amusing way. I usually kind of go with, um, even if it's not a scale difference, usually a silhouette difference is kind of what I want to go for. Um, a lot of times with um, zombified piglin, they only have one ear. Yeah, so, so it's, even it's though they're the same scale, yeah, yeah. So even if you see them from far away, you can kind of decide which one is which. Um, they also move very differently, which I noticed. Um, piglins scurry around a lot, yes. whereas zombified piglins just kind of meander, which makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's a zombie. Um, that that works out well. Um, yeah, uh, zombified piglin, as far as I can tell, unless they're angry, don't run. They just they always walk. Whereas yeah, other, pi the piglins, piglins will kind will of sprint stutter. everywhere. Yeah, they kind of move around quickly. Um, but yeah, so like with the with the piglin brute, I mean, like bigger tusks, bigger ears, maybe as tall as a wither skeleton. Like, some, I feel like there's some some opportunities there to make it a little bit different. Even if it's something as simple as um, like the Steve and gosh, um, what's the other Alex. name in Minecraft? Alex. So like the Steve and Alex skins with like they're the same with the exception of bigger arms or smaller arms, right? Yeah. And you could you could have gone with um alex for all the piglins and maybe and steve for the piglin brutes if they haven't already i can't tell from this one picture i could i could be eating my hat next week and they say oh actually the arms are bigger and you just you can't tell because they're not you're not looking at two next to each other um i haven't had a chance to explore that because obviously they are not in java yet yeah and uh we will presumably see them come to a java release in a 116.2 at mm -hmm. some point 
briefly touching on the uh, Bedrock Achievement Rewards and Emotes before we get into the main body of the show here. Um, I haven't touched the character creator much, uh, but more free stuff is always good. And I have done a series in the past, uh, before 116 added some more achievements, where I've gone through and um you know played through the entire list of achievements i think there's even pre 115 so there's probably still a couple floating around with uh bees and stuff like that but yeah i think if uh if people are keen on achievement hunting and want a few more cosmetic items it seems good um also minecraft characters emoting is a strange thing this is something that's been done through mods and i think maybe even add-ons in bedrock before um and it seems like a strange addition to people who are used to minecraft characters just being able to wave an object or crouch or like spam your shield or whatever um but i think it's a better way for for players to communicate on console where text chat is impossible or inconvenient or potentially even harmful um you saw this a lot with uh, the advent of online games like hearthstone and even in minecraft dungeons now you have a wheel of responses and emotes that you can choose from if you want to quickly communicate with somebody and so that it limits people's chat options to things which are approved by the game and aren't going to cause any problems for parents having to step in if their child's had an interaction online that they didn't want so uh, i think it's probably a good thing to have emotes in minecraft bizarre as it may feel for now uh, i think it's better for the bedrock platform because of the different uh devices that you find yourself playing the game on it's not easy to whip out a keyboard and add that to your nintendo switch it can be done i'm just saying not everybody does it i'm surprised you can't have like a little speech balloon up here above your head yeah, I mean it's like it's, a little pixelated emoji. You know, I feel I feel like it's it's one of those things that may even happen at some point in future. But it it mm. all depends how you would render it from a distance, whether it'd be like you know flat and visible from every angle or or what. I I I, I imagine right. they've been through a few different potential tests with it, and and this just seemed like the most straightforward option. If I was to guess, it would probably be a giant cube, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> four just, sides with the same emoji on all sides. <laughs> a little pixel art heart or something appears. Actually, yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. I th I might try to do that as like a little bit of fan art or something. That would be kind of fun. Something made out of blocks, maybe. We'll see. But moving uh, on to the email section, we can uh, kind of tie this into our main discussion because mm -hmm. of how uh, this relates. Uh, if you would like to email the show, the email address is spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Please be sure to use that address. Keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it to the point, and you might even get on the show. From Noob Gamer, now that the Nether update is here. Hi, Johnny and Joel. I've been really enjoying the new update and currently trying to upgrade my gear to Netherite, which isn't as useful on Bedrock because it is still able to be burnt in lava. I did not know that. Mm. Uh, then I plan to start working on another base in a basalt delta. This biome has given me many ideas on what to build. So my question for the podcast is, now that another update has been released and you have had a chance to see the new biomes and blocks, what is your favorite part of the another update? And what ideas do you have for how these new features could be used in your future builds? Keep up the great podcast and content, Noob Gamer. Thanks very much for the great email. Uh, and very timely because obviously the nether update has just released my favorite part i i don't have a lot of building experience with the new blocks so as far as new builds i'm gonna say i'm most excited to bring the nether vegetation to the overworld because mm -hmm. i've got a brand new fresh clean slate of a medieval area on the citadel and i think making a mushroom forest that looks like a elf or magical land with you know warped fungi and crimson fungi and blocks that are that those kind of colors that look 
and have been assigned vegetation use or vegetation representation in Minecraft that don't fall, you know, with gravity. Like um, people often use um, concrete powder for trees of different colors, like cherry blossoms and stuff. But yeah. then it, 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 you have to put string and stuff underneath it to keep it from flying. And so there's all these different things. So that I think uh, is probably what I'm looking most forward to is taking some of the brightly colored new vegetation things in the in the nether and trying to create custom spooky forests and magical type places in the overworld what about you uh i think the warped forest is still definitely my favorite so i'm 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 on board with you there uh i still haven't done a great deal of building either because i'm primarily just exploring all of the features in turn in in their kind of original locations before i really take any of it elsewhere but i'm imagining using the blue and red planks the crimson and warped planks uh, for window details in like a maybe a Mediterranean or European town build, the kind of place where you'd have sort of bare plaster, like maybe some some terracotta in Minecraft, use that for the walls, and then the window shutters and some of the details on the outside of the builds are going to be more colourful. So bringing in fences, trapdoors, stairs for window details on some buildings that are otherwise kind of plain really adds to the palette that we were using before and the kind of stuff that you'd maybe have red sandstone or some of the slightly darker colors of wood to kind of punch out of the uh the the walls of those builds and give them that kind of detail i think warped and crimson are perfect for that uh so that's what i'm thinking of i have also been experimenting with a little bit of stuff and i will send you a screenshot in our uh private chat on discord because i was experimenting with shroom lights after watching you on stream and you saying like i'm not really sure what i'm gonna do with shroom lights those look really great next to magma blocks and so i put together like a custom lava flow lava river kind of thing but not using lava just using shroom light and magma blocks and I think it looks really great combined with some of the blackstone and basalt around the outside you can kind of do this like volcanic flow that is uh a little bit less dangerous than using full-on lava and also a lot more detailed because lava only really looks like one thing whereas you mm. can interpret it a little bit and it, it actually looks quite good so i'm thinking yeah that I'll, looks great i'll end up farming a lot of shroom lights from that and then maybe build a volcanic biome somewhere in the overworld to kind of offset the idea of all of the volcanic stuff being in the nether now i haven't tested this out i know one of the things i love about shroom lights is the sound that they make when you pick them up and put them down yes they uh, have that kind of like reverberating vroom kind of sound. Yeah, it's almost like a drum it's, it sounds like it's it's like a membrane or something uh can you does it make the same sound if you make a road because if you had if you had um in a lot of ways in my nether we'll use like jack-o'-lanterns or something with a carpet on the top of it to create like a colored light coming up from below mm -hmm. but if your road was lit with shroom lights and you had carpet on it to change it to whatever color you wanted it but then as you walked along it it would be like boom 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 that would be <laughs> that would be really quite funny i'm not i'm I not sure a... what kind of like sound effect you get from walking on them i don't think i've tried no. that I only I've only had three of them, so I don't know what it's like to walk across. I haven't I haven't done any creative work with them, but no, that that looks fantastic. It's a really good point. Plus, it would give off basically the same amount of light as lava because oh yeah, exactly. they're all full lights, right? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I really like the block. It's one of those things where like I love this. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet, but I <laughs> yeah. really like this. I think a, a um, lot of the problem with the new blocks, and we'll get into our full impressions of the update in just a second. But I think a lot of the mm -hmm. problem with these as full blocks is that they have 
only sort of one or two aesthetics that they really work with yeah. or like if you want to apply something like blackstone bricks to something more modern then you're going to have a harder time because it's a very chaotic texture and a lot of modern building is about building with very clean looking materials uh you yeah. know s same with basalt in a way a lot of it looks kind of too earthy and grubby and like you know burnt and lived in almost so it works better for medieval stuff the shroom lights look better for fantasy or natural builds but aren't going to be a great light source for lighting roadsides or interiors so i mean there are definitely going to be people who will break the mold and use them in really interesting ways that the rest of us will probably think oh why didn't i think of that at the time but yeah. i think initially when you're grabbing these materials for the first time the reason i think the nether looks so good now is because a lot of that stuff looks good in its natural environment and the challenge at this point is taking it out of that environment and using it for something that's going to make it look completely different yeah one of the things that just kind of popped into my head is that we struggle with keeping the park uh, area in our uh, modern city lit yeah and if i was to make We've we in the in the the tech in this Minecraft city is that well we're accepting that water elevators are a Minecraft tech that just exists in this city because it would just be too hard to try to do elevators any other way. Um, that's efficient and fun. So much like a Lego city, the city on the Citadel has water elevator tech as part of its just lore. Yeah. And if and if shroom blocks were also incorporated it's like, well, in this world we have water elevators, we also have glowing flowers. And so if you make a custom flower, you know, with a shroom block uh, a shroom light as like the blossom, as like a, a a glowing fungi and you had it that in different areas of your garden, then you could also use it to keep it lit and keep it zombie and creeper free. Cuz I am always very worried about being in cosmic dancer's beautiful park at night and having a creeper destroy all of her hard work <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. uh, and then having to redo it <laughs> so um for me so so yeah i that that could be a fun use for them uh, as well uh but to the other uh part of noob gamers question which was uh what is your favorite part of the nether update i say we just kind of dive right into our full nether update discussion let's do it so I already kind of went down the rabbit hole of my, my tech woes, but I want to hear what you've been doing with your, uh, with your existing world being updated to, to 1.16. Yeah, so as I was saying earlier, it's very easy to explore the Nether update if you have a pre-existing world that's at endgame, because ultimately you have access to very easy transport. And one of the first things I found was that flying through the Nether is much easier than traversing it on foot is now. Because of the variation in the terrain, the fact that you have more mobs that are likely to be hostile to you at a moment's notice, like hoglins and piglins if you're not wearing the right armor, uh, you have basalt deltas which are incredibly difficult to traverse. You can't even really mine through them because half the time they've got lava on the inside. The creamy center of these basalt deltas is actually <laughs> going to be, uh, you know, sloshing out and killing you. I've actually seen a lot of people forget that lava moves faster in the nether and they think that's a new feature for this update because lava flows further and it flows basically at the speed that water does in the overworld. Uh, when you're in the nether and that's been the case for a long time but people for some reason seem to think it's it's come along sooner perhaps because they are interacting with the nether more anyway um having trimmed some of the chunks out of my world but left the majority of everywhere i've built intact i still have a central nether wastes area to return to if i need something familiar or i need a break i just head straight for zero zero and all of my stuff is there um where I have a nether hub built, but not a, a huge kind of setup. I haven't really built a base in the nether so much as just an area where I can step out of my nether portal, not immediately be fireballed by a ghast, and then 
work out where I'm going from there. Um, but the first thing I wanted to do was basically take a right turn, head straight down an area that I knew was basically the shortest line between my old terrain and where new stuff would generate, found a warped forest immediately, was very, very happy, uh, and, and started mining out some of the stuff. So I've got myself basically all of the materials that it's possible to find. Um, I went mining for uh, ancient debris and upgraded some of my tools and armor to netherite. I've not upgraded absolutely everything, but I have enough netherite to do basically tools and armor for the foreseeable future at this stage. What I'm doing now is hoarding that in the prospect of making netherite blocks and using ancient debris in builds and trying to work out where I can take it from there because obviously having that stuff handy is going to be nice, but there's only so much stuff I can convert to netherite before I go, when am I going to actually use any of this other equipment <laughs> because basically the clothes on my back are what I get around with most of the time. Um, and so far I've had some decent luck getting ancient debris. Uh, I still think mining for it with a pickaxe is better than exploding beds or TNT. Fight me. Uh, this, has been, <laughs> this has been the hot button issue of the 116 update as far as I can tell. It was like, how do you mine for ancient debris? What's the most effective? What's the most efficient? And I still think it's just straight up mining, especially if you have a netherite pickaxe. Once you've upgraded that, it has 2000 plus durability, not to mention unbreaking on top of that. And a lot of people are like, they come into my streams when I'm mining for it and they go, why aren't you using TNT? I was like, because I don't have 10 stacks of TNT lying around, guys. What do you think? I'm made of money? Unlikely. I like to save my sand for concrete powder and other things. So yeah. Yeah. And, and really when it comes to mining in, in Minecraft, I, I think really the most efficient way to get all of the things that you want. It's not just the one thing that you want, it's all of the things that you want, is to just completely blitz through an area. Yes. Like I have all of the stuff on the Citadel because I cleared out a huge beacon mine underneath my swamp uh, witch farm uh, in order to create uh, not only just like spawn proofing caves and things like that, I just mined it all out. I didn't do branch mining. I just completely blitzed the whole area. But I have more cobblestone, coal, gold, redstone than I'm ever going to use yeah. because I just collected all the things and I got diamonds. And I was looking for diamonds, but I got all the other stuff too. So I'd imagine when you're going through and looking for netherite specifically, if you're at the right Y level, just blitzing through all that netherrack, which is way more satisfying than going through stone. Um, yes. I, then, I ended up I ended up emptying entire chunks to start off with just so I could see where the netherite actually generated. Yeah. Uh, because from what I understand, from what the information that's out there and on the Minecraft wiki now, um, it will generate a chance for one or two veins per chunk uh, between Y8 and Y22, which is basically like the bottom of those surface level lava lakes that appear in the nether. Uh, they're right. from like Y32 down to Y22. So anywhere between those, you get ancient debris forming, and there is a bonus chance for another vein to generate anywhere between there and basically the nether roof um, with the proviso that it's not going to be exposed to the open air, so you are going to have to dig through some terrain to find it. But apparently the best place to mine like, is the average between those coordinates, which is at about Y15. Uh, so I've been mining long tunnels at Y16 and Y14 and going diagonally each time so that I end up exposing basically every block in that area. Um, I'm also getting lots of gravel and blackstone that way because those do generate under the surface. And let me tell you, getting blackstone from underground is so much nicer than getting it from a basalt delta because you don't unleash lava on yourself every five minutes and then the magma mm -hmm. cubes don't try and drop on you from a great height. So, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> as, as I'm sure you have discovered from just like popping into your streams once or twice when you were in the nether. So um, 
yeah the magma cubes are weapons grade in this update they are lethal so um yeah I, i've been getting a lot of gravel and blackstone having more gravel is nice because of concrete powder you can also barter that with piglins as i found later in the week so that's very good um but yeah I've, I've got myself a decent amount of debris i've raided some bastions i have fixed a couple of my farms um i went to my zombie pigman farm found that piglins were spawning in there because all the floors are made of solid concrete and i swapped all of that out for magma blocks which took a while uh but obviously just being able to instamine magma blocks on the nether floor it wasn't that difficult so i ended up swapping that entire thing out and my zombie pigman farm now works better than ever uh nice. because all it's spawning is zombie pigmen and they fixed the aggro bug which stopped them from chaining aggro when they were freshly spawned so now it just constantly churns out more xp than i can handle um and it's still not switched over as we've covered in previous weeks uh, it's still not switched over to zombie pigmen not dropping xp when they're aggro and only dropping xp on a player kill you can still get xp from those farms right now so right. that makes me very happy <laughs> because then yeah. i can repair my tools at a moment's notice and just keep mining um, nice yeah especially because it's in the nether too yes uh and and it, it, it's so accessible i just i fly up to the nether roof and it's there it's great um i've got stuck into piglin bartering i've made myself a little automated setup for that with the gold that i've been generating at the gold farm um it's still on the nether floor i didn't want to set it up like immediately below the gold farm because i want to spend some time inside the nether instead of on the roof of the nether even though i know mm -hmm. it's more efficient to build stuff on the roof sometimes i want to actually spend some time feeling like i'm in this update instead of just above it um and yeah i've messed around with respawn anchors for an episode that's coming out tomorrow uh placed one in the overworld to demonstrate that they blew up may have destroyed some of my equipment in the process but luckily the most important pieces of my equipment are now made of netherite so they didn't burn uh which is very very good yeah i'm, I'm having a great time with it so far i'm i'm really enjoying the new biomes i'm enjoying going out there and finding new structures i found a couple of the ruined portals as well i found i think all of the different types of bastion at various points um and a lot of those generate inside of netherrack in one way or another so you can't really see them all that well from the outside but occasionally you'll get one that's on the edge of a giant lava lake maybe intersects with a little bit of terrain but is otherwise uncovered and they are immense it's so cool running into one of those when you're just flying through the nether cavern looking for stuff cool uh i have not had any grand discoveries really in in 116 uh as i mentioned we we were focusing on a single player because i haven't i haven't updated the citadel to 116 because it's my main minecraft i guess playable space right now yeah yeah and so i wanted to i plus because i'd have to trim the chunks and uh and and do all that kind of stuff i thought well let's just let's just find out what it's going to be from a original experience you know fresh new world 116 ready to go uh and we folks because it was a stream i was trying to get to the nether asap because of course everybody viewing wants to see the new content and there's yeah. nothing really new in the overworld unless you have target blocks so uh it makes more sense to focus yeah. on that or unless you run into one of those ruined portals that generates in the overworld now but it's a very yeah it's a fleeting chance to find one of those if you're very very lucky and you still need to be able to potentially mine some obsidian like so you still need diamond pickaxe and yeah. being able to complete the portal with obsidian stuff like mm -hmm. that so uh we went straight for nether access so the focus was going to be diamond pick get obsidian make a portal see where we spawn 
but because this was a single player world that has a really pretty seed in the overworld, I thought, you know, maybe I'll keep this. So I didn't just like mine straight down and like go, I wasn't trying to um, speed run it, but we still were nether ready within about 60 to 90 minutes of mm -hmm. finding diamonds, finding lava, um, getting some iron and bucket water, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the only thing I waited to find was uh, enough gold to make boots, just in case I ran into some piglin. Uh, I didn't have to worry about piglin for a very long time because my nether spawn was in the middle of a soul sand valley, which oh. is what we said was going rough. to suck <laughs> on, yeah. oh, on the so show. Rough. And dude, it is the biggest soul sand valley of life. <laughs> uh, I, I walked for 100 200 blocks trying to get through this which is not fast in a soul sand valley mm -hmm. um because you're dealing with skeletons and soul sand and i didn't i only saw one gas the first time i was in there and that was fine um and then the soul sand valley what borders it do you ask deltas yep miles and miles <laughs> of basalt deltas uh which is where i had my first death about 10 minutes after going to the nether uh and i got pushed into like a one by one by three lava pit they yep. are everywhere I fell into one uh, of those myself <laughs> yep early game if you find a basalt delta go around it just save yourself some grief and go around it and I, i'm saying all this i want to be very clear this is not a complaint this takes the game that i have often said oh, it's a little easy sometimes and makes it hard if mm -hmm. i mean going from having elytra and an end game flying around into the nether update great you get to explore but when you rush to the nether, and I mean, I wasn't prepared. I had no chest plate. I had boots that were made of gold. That was it. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I had a bow. So like, I didn't really have that much prepared. I was just walking around. But because I'm on a three-year-old server, you kind of have that indestructible mentality of like, well, yeah, I can handle myself. No, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not when you're naked and there's 20 magma cubes that all kind of look at you at the same time and go squishy <laughs> and just like, what? And if the magma cube doesn't actually kill you, it will certainly push you into whatever lava is next to you. Yes. So like, it's really interesting and really hard. And I think gates the nether in a really good way. If you are starting a brand new world and, and you want to play 116 or you're coming back to Minecraft after some time away uh, with a new game, you're gated. Like you really have to slow down and prepare to go to the nether. And even when you're in the nether, you can't just run around. You can't just like sprint and hope to survive because there is death everywhere. Yeah. And I loved it. I remember really enjoying having to having to crouch and and go slowly and try to figure out my pathing because on the other side of these basalt deltas by the way lava lakes just nothing but lava lakes we mm. found one crimson forest that was 300 blocks from my nether spawn <laughs> and now that there's a path 300 blocks is not that far we all know that but to get there <laughs> took like an hour yeah. because you're just like mining a few blocks looking around am i gonna die mining a few more blocks so i wanted to explore the nether on the surface and try to have some fun looking around and ultimately what we ended up doing on the second or third stream day was just tunneling because it was safer you just you you walking around on the surface without the proper equipment without um fire resist potions this is the other bottleneck in all of my searching in the nether 500 blocks in a couple different directions no nether fortresses uh, and definitely 500 to 700 blocks in at least three cardinal directions on the overworld, no villages, which means yeah. no brewing stands. 
<laughs> which means no fire resist potion. I would be a lot more comfortable with fire resist potion. Uh, not even just on my bar. I would just use it to walk around. I would just have six of them and I'd just be constantly refreshing it for, you know, 40 minutes um, to do that in the nether. I would feel a lot more confident there. Um, but all that said, uh, the I, I feel like, again, gating the nether and forcing players to slow down when you're early game, I think it's good. I think it, it creates a lot more content that um, people are going to have to consume slowly. If you, Like I said, if you want to explore the nether on your own, you're going to have to slow down and enjoy it. You can't just blitz through it because you will be punished for it. And granted that um, netherite uh, equipment doesn't get destroyed in lava, everything else still does. So like if you've got a shulker box full of really nice stuff, say goodbye. Yep. You know, I, I feel like um, they they really have had some some cool uh mechanics that kind of force the the players that just rush endgame to kind of like really rethink about how they approach it um you definitely will have not a bad time but a less enjoyable and prepare to be kind of like really gated if you spawn in a soul sand valley that mm -hmm. that's that's frustrating it, do, it does really slow you down um i think part of my mental i guess a tuning for it was that because I was streaming, I was trying to get to nether content faster. Yeah. And so I felt frustrated. Um, if I was playing on my own at my own pace, I don't think, I think it would just be cool to walk around and see what's new. And it was scary and it was fun. It reminded me of the first days playing Minecraft. Uh, and that brings me into one of my favorite things about the nether update, which is the ambient sounds and the mm -hmm. music. Wow. Yes, 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 wow. yes. Wow. Did they knock it out of the park? It is creepy. It is new. It is the music is wonderful, uh, but when you're in a basalt delta and things are like cracking, and you know, just instinctively, it just as a human, you think this is going to fall out from underneath my feet, even though that's not a thing in Minecraft. But you're just kind of like, ah. Oh. Yeah, it, it sounds you... like there are little like rock falls and like you know pebbles bouncing off of something yeah. tumbling down the side of these yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, it, they, they've done a fantastic job. Um, I haven't played with any of the new music on because I keep music turned off so I can listen to other stuff on stream and right. if I'm editing videos and so forth. But I think I'm probably going to try and dive into the files and pull that music out and start to put it into the videos because once again, they've done, uh, Lena Rain has done a fantastic job of the soundtrack for the Nether update as we heard previously. And yeah, the soundscapes, I entirely agree with you. They make the Nether feel the way the Nether should feel now. Um, yep. and, and the fact that they're different for every biome as well gives everything such a unique flavor. It's it's wonderful. I think it's, yeah. a, it's such a good addition. And I do kind of hope that maybe on a slightly more minimal level, they apply stuff like that to the overworld. We've talked before about there being, you know, seashore sounds and seagulls when you're in a beach biome, that kind of thing. Like just tiny little subtle things. Doesn't have to be everywhere. But I yeah. think that they, they could really add life to swamps with like a little bit of cricket and cro uh, frog croaking in the background you know that kind of stuff could could really really lend itself to the overworld so a, a great test i think of how that sonic landscape can be applied to the actual landscape of of regular minecraft so you didn't find all the biomes then i guess you you, you got as far as i guess four of them you haven't found yourself a warped forest yet no i haven't found a warped forest yet and i've only just collected a handful of blocks and then again i had to end the stream so like i didn't really get to enough blocks to build anything with i did start to mess around with some things yesterday uh 
I was ready to eat my hat if Blackstone was going to be better than I thought, but it's not. I I can't <laughs> I can't figure out what to do with it. It just it's yeah. I, I noticed that it looked okay if you had it as like the background. So if you built uh Blackstone bricks as your base layer, and then you built two other layers of other blocks on top of that. And you just want the black stone bricks in the back as a black block that has more than just flat black concrete, then yeah, I'm sure that that works. And for vanilla players that don't have a texture pack installed, then that's great. Uh, I currently have black nether brick, so I would have probably used black nether brick for that. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's a fatter brick, like it's a different texture than the nether brick. So that's cool too. Um, it's, so there, there are some uses for it. I, however, found uh, basalt to be more flexible than I anticipated. Uh, you just can't think about it as a stone texture. You have to think about it as, as a wood texture. Uh, and somebody in stream brought it up that uh, regular basalt looks kind of like dead leaves. Uh, it looks like burnt stuff on the ground. So it could be good for like pathing and um, some different textures, stuff under campfires or under... Um, ever burning fires, things like that. Uh, I find that the polished basalt, um, which I tried to smelt by the way, but it's actually just a four by four grid, mm -hmm. um, looks, I mean, it's a tree, it's a tree texture. It's not, it's not a stone texture to me, but just a few episodes ago, we were talking about what we'd like to bring over from Minecraft dungeons into, uh, the, um, Minecraft and the burnt house stuff from, uh, pumpkin pastures was something that I think I mentioned and um, basalt works. It looks like a burnt log. It looks yeah. like you could, you could lay it down sideways. It looks like a log, put a vertical looks like a log. So you could potentially have like some ruined houses. Uh, they really look like petrified logs. So if you had logs holding up mines, previously people have been using a lot of uh, acacia logs cause they're gray uh, inside of mine shafts and inside of more rustic builds um, underground things but they're still a very warm gray. They have a little bit more of that orange, even in the bark, but basalt is very neutral, uh, even a little bit blue. And so using that, even just in my little seven by seven hole in the hill that I decided to set up camp in, uh, as like roof supports and things like that, it does sort of feel like a petrified log, something that's been there a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think basalt right now is my current, um, favorite nether texture. But I like I said, I haven't found enough in game to really mess around with it. Um, I I like I mean, obviously the bone blocks are really cool with the sounds, and you can get so much of them now. Something that I I think that um, from a gameplay perspective uh, really opens up in the Nether. Boy, can you get a lot of gold! You can, I, yeah. It's, it's really everywhere. surprising. Yeah. So for if you've got redstone and, and enough iron, if you're looking for powered rails and stuff, like you can really get going on rails early. Don't and let the you people don't have... see you mine it though. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. So if you if you're mining gold in the nether, do they come after you? I, I can't remember if it's gold or if it's just gilded blackstone, but I think anything gold related, if they see you mining it, they are always a little bit a little bit really? hostile. They get a little I bit cagey around it. Yeah, huh. I don't know. If, maybe, maybe the gold ore is exempt from that, and I'm just thinking of, of another occasion where maybe I wasn't wearing gold at the time, and I started right. mining some of the stuff, and, and they got me. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, yeah, you're right though. Having having early access to some of that, and it's as abundant as quartz is in the Nether, which I thought it was going to be much more scarce, almost the way gold is in the Overworld. The stuff is lying around, just like out in the open, everywhere, and in any yeah. biome as well. So you can find it aside from the ones that aren't made of Netherrack, like the Soul Sand Valleys and stuff. But yeah. in, in in any of the the forests or the Nether wastes, you can find gold abundantly, which is great. It's it's so accessible. So if you don't have gold quickly in the overworld and you have a decent nether spawn, then you can very quickly pop in. You might have to deal with some some piglins, but you could probably get enough gold for a pair of boots quite quickly, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is great. And um, I, I really enjoy that because it just it opens up the early game a little bit, but not in anything too crazy. Uh, the other thing that I thought opened up the early game was um, when I died, I lost like basically all of my early grind stuff. And that was really frustrating. I mean, I was ready to end the stream anyway because of the visual glitches I was dealing with and the headache, but uh, I, it, did, it didn't feel good to, to lose all that stuff. Uh, and I had killed a couple of magma cream or magma cubes getting magma cream, hoping to maybe make some fire resist potions. But then I remembered on my second attempt in the nether that you can trade with piglins. I thought, okay, well, here's some nether content that I don't have to travel too far. There's a piglin right here. I could just drop a gold on the floor and see what happens. He gave me five magma cream. <laughs> for, nice. for one for one School. gold ingot so i was like okay so trading with piglins you get nether bricks uh you get gravel soul sand gravel and soul sand like you get a bunch of different stuff so depending on where you spawn and what you have access to believe me i had enough soul soil and soul sand that i didn't have to barter with any piglins <laughs> yeah a little <laughs> to bit. get more a little, uh, bit. a little bit but but it was but it just, it just kind of reminded me like hey this is really cool for that early game even though they've gated you once you've got a gold helmet or gold boots and you can go in there and actually trade with a piglin, you can actually get some interesting stuff that will maybe help you out with like that, that fire resist potion that you need so desperately or stuff like that. And so I thought, I thought that was really cool. Piglins, um, piglins will also trade you pre-made fire resist potions. They're a rarer trade than the magma cream is, but they will throw oh, cool. you, they will throw you a splash potion of fire resistance or a regular drinkable potion of fire resistance. And they're on three minute durations, but that's still enough to save your bacon if you need it to. So uh, yeah, worth doing a little bit more bartering just to see if they throw you one of those here and there if you're if you're stuck for a brewing stand which i know you were because you couldn't find a nether fortress so no blaze yeah. rods blaze powder nothing um on the subject of nether fortresses by the way because i know i've i've heard a lot of complaints from people who say they can't find one now and i do think they are rarer because they will now only start to generate in nether wastes or soul sand valleys i believe that's where generation of those structures starts they will still continue into other biomes though so don't feel like you have to seek out those biomes specifically because Sometimes a nether fortress will start in one place, but then the generation of the structure will take it every which way. I've seen them going through basalt deltas, uh, crimson forests, all, all kinds of places. Same with the bastions, actually. Like, you're not supposed to get them in basalt deltas, but one generates on the very corner of a nether waste biome, and then the rest of it will pop up in a basalt delta if it's the right shape, if it's the right structure. Right. Um, but nether fortresses, I don't know if they are necessarily... They're probably a little bit less common, but I don't think it's as rare as people think now. What changes it is that there is so much other stuff in the way, and yeah. the terrain becomes much slower to traverse, as you've said, which means you find the nether fortress much less quickly. Nether fortresses used to basically be the only thing in the nether. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I think now the scarcity of them is kind of an artificial thing. It's an illusion that's been created by the abundance of other stuff to look at. 
you end up with crimson forests and warped forests and soul sand valleys and stuff popping up everywhere and suddenly there are landmarks for you to see on the way to finding a nether fortress or a bastion pops up and you go oh well that's something else that's not a nether fortress but we are basically confronted at every turn by things which are not nether fortresses so the nether fortresses seem more rare by comparison because previously that was the only thing you could really find so yeah, i think no, it's, i agree it's almost like an artificial rarity has been created by the amount of other stuff that there is. Uh, I, 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 won't, I won't dispute the maths of the fact that probably there are fewer nether fortresses spawning, but I've still been able to find a couple of them as I've been flying around, but then again, I have the luxury of flying. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to updating the, the Citadel, because um, I haven't really messed with any of the deeper game mechanics like redstone stuff, like uh, target blocks and things like that, that I'd like to augment some of my current infrastructure on the Citadel with, because... I like I I'm just not going to bother with that on the single player. If I'm going to spend the time digging for netherite, I'm going to do it on the citadel where I can actually use it to good purpose um and and try to figure out what's going on there. I I've decided I don't think I really enjoy the early game grind in Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah, and, especially if you're trying to rush nether content as well. I feel like yeah. it's 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 not that great. Finding a good source of food, finding all of the stuff that you need to get geared up is yeah, it, it's not it's not for everyone. Some people live off that stuff, but I can totally see yeah. why you don't. Well, I mean, food was not a big deal because, again, like I I used the stream as kind of a test. You know, like I've been playing Minecraft for three years. Granted, two and a half of those years have been endgame. So, like, how well do I really know this game? How well can I really survive in the early game? Mm -hmm. And kelp was lifesaver. Uh, <laughs> it's a little slow to start, but once you have like a decent kelp garden going, you can basically get a stack every time you go over to harvest it and then you and eat so, half a stack every time you want to replenish your hunger well <laughs> there's that the too so yeah and somebody was somebody was asking me why um actually this was a fun moment i thought of you immediately we were walking around looking for a village and someone was asking me why i was walking and not sprinting and i said because kelp <laughs> because <laughs> because i'm i will just get hungry faster and then have to you'll be most of my stream will be chowing on on kelp but in the process, we were walking through a taiga forest and there was not one, but three foxes. There was a, 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 an adult fox and two babies and they were all cuddled underneath one tree. Uh, and it was, it was one of those cool kind of like little picturesque Minecraft moments. Were you walking uh, through not... my garden, Joel? Because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was few, looking for you. A few yeah. fox, fox pictures on the Instagram. Yeah. Really. Anyway. But so, so yeah, I, just, I find that I'm just not, I just don't like the grind. Now, part of that could be the fact that I like the survival building process and I like the achievement um, or the pride that you get in like building a skyscraper in survival because, you know, you just can't be, cre you know, hop into creative mode and place a thousand blocks willy nilly. Like you yeah. have to mine all this stuff and the, the effort that is uh, put out there is, is respected, I think. Um, but I miss having access to all the things, you yes. know, like, I mean, I didn't decorate anything because it's like, well, Hey, I'd love to make a house in this cool little hillside, but I would want concrete for that. And all these other things that I don't have yet. And in my Citadel world, obviously I could just go get them because they're everywhere. And I think that I will enjoy the nether update even more when I am able to update the Citadel, trim the chunks as you have use my current infrastructure in in the nether make some adjustments because obviously we're going to have to deal with piglin instead of zombies and and stuff in in our tunnels but i feel like it's going to be really cool i'm curious because i've been playing with iron armor on the citadel forever it's basically one of the more common questions i get on stream and it's because it makes the game harder for me but not for anyone else in the server i don't know if i'm going to be upgrading to diamond armor to go into the nether purely because of how often you could potentially die yeah and 
while it's harder with iron armor, if I die, it's less of a pain in the butt. Like I can just replace that, no problem. Um, I mean, I have a fair amount of diamonds, but I just don't want them all going into lava pits as I die. Yes. Uh, I am, however, curious if I'm going to end up with a mishmash. I think I might end up going with diamond and like, and then eventually netherite boots just because yes. of the durability. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you can put soul speed on them, then I might try to get some slightly faster alternative tunnels, faster ways to get around farms in the nether. Um, so I'm going to end up looking like patchwork. Like I'm going to have a gold helmet. I'm going to have elytra iron pants i guess yeah <laughs> and then netherite boots like it's, it's just <laughs> when i when i was working on my gold farm i swapped to some frost walker boots because then you can walk on magma blocks without them damaging you and right. those were still made of diamond so i had a gold helmet for the piglins elytra netherite <laughs> pants diamond boots and i was like wait a minute i'm wearing like four different types of material this never happens so yeah. i think that's another one of the, the great successes of this update is allowing us to do a little bit more with armor in subtle ways you don't need to be wearing like a full set of stuff and there aren't any set bonuses for wearing armor like there are in other games so right. you don't have to be wearing a full suit of netherite for the full effect obviously you get slightly better knockback resistance and stuff but then you have uh you know gold needs to be worn now for uh for piglin interactions because otherwise they're going to attack you netherite is scarce enough that you find yourself upgrading one piece at a time instead of going for a full suit of it right away unless you're somebody who really likes the grind so you find yourself wearing this patchwork of armor and that's good i like that a lot i think it's really nice to have a little bit more variety in gameplay and have gameplay reasons for it instead of just it being player preference or a personal challenge to yourself like you wearing iron armor is I think it's it's nice that the game necessitates use of some of these tools and equipment that we feel like we have left by the wayside for this long. Um, even though I've been going hell for leather and exploring a lot of this update, there is still some stuff that I'm still finding surprises me and some stuff I haven't messed with yet. And I think one of the things that some of the unsung heroes of this update are going to be quality of life features like for example one of the biggest ones for me mending doesn't direct xp to your levels bar until everything you're holding is wear or wearing is repaired now so nice. you, you end up holding you have it you have elytra whatever armor you've got on that's got mending and a pickaxe in both hands all of that stuff gets repaired before a single drop of xp gets to your levels bar it's so good now and you imagine this is how it was supposed to be from the beginning but for whatever reason you know bugs were preventing it from working or just you know they hadn't programmed that behavior but it's so nice being able to just stand there and everything gets repaired before you end up getting redundant xp that you're not really going to use because at that level you're not enchanting anything anymore um you now have hoes being able to fortune leaves as fast as shears can break them if you get an efficiency and fortune three hoe you can now get so many jungle saplings, so many dark oak saplings. Hoes are the new MVP of this update. I think uh, a few a few videos have come out. I saw Wattles put out a video uh, earlier this week that was like, "This is the hoe update, guys. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is how it's happened," and I believe him. Um, Nether wart and and warped wart blocks are able to be composted, and that is huge because the amount of those. I was getting from just farming the stem blocks and going, I am not going to use any of these nether warp blocks. What am I going to do with all of this stuff? I don't have the storage for this, plus the amount of netherrack I've been getting. And somebody said, just compost them. And I went, what? <laughs> I was genuinely baffled by the fact that you could compost them, but you can. And that's a really great source of extra bone meal. And we're going to need lots of bone meal because we're going to be farming all of these fungi that don't grow naturally the way saplings do. 
Um, you can now F key swap stuff into your offhand from any inventory. That's yes. huge. That's really yes. nice. Thank you so much uh, for that one. Um, and again, the fixes to zombie, zombie pigman aggro make my gold farm run super smoothly. There are ultimately a ton of different tweaks like that. And, and, you know, people who want to send us emails about what your favorite things are, I would love to pull out more information from the community about this because there are definitely some really, really good changes in this update. Then stuff I haven't messed with yet is striders. Haven't really touched them. Uh, I, I, I've seen them from a distance. I like them. I think they're cute. I don't really need to cross lava lakes using them when I have elytra, but I want to do a bit more work with striders because they're fun. They're a new mob. They make cute sounds. And I genuinely think that, like... It's a really inventive solution to the I want a lava boat problem. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, as soon as we saw one on, I think you were actually in the stream maybe when this happened, but I realized that that might be the best way for me to traverse the lava lakes that are surrounding my basalt delta yes, land block absolutely. is to, to get a saddle and get on a strider. Uh, the problem is, of course, then we've got gas issues and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Craft yourself. The, the problem, I think, is also you need a warped fungus to direct them, which is uh, not going to happen yeah. for you if you haven't found a warped it's forest a yet. But once fungus, you do, yeah. I imagine, uh, yeah, get one of those. Try and cross a lava lake. If you run into one of those um, nether fortresses that generates in a lava lake, you can just mine your way up the pillars from there. They're actually underrated, so I reckon check them out. Um, so the, the thing with the striders that I've noticed in my, just anecdotally, I've not seen a red strider yet. They're all blue because yeah, they... they're all being they're all spawning in in basalt deltas where they can't get to lava, they can't traverse to it because it's it's down two blocks or something. And so they're walking on magma blocks, but they're not warm. <laughs> they're I not think... hot enough. I think the problem is the shivering blue strider feels so sympathetic because yep. of like it, it's clearly uncomfortable and you want to be able to help every single time but they have this natural tendency to just pathfind onto land and then they stay there and they don't move as fast there because they're out of lava and so you end up just trying to like rescue striders constantly the entire time <laughs> i feel really bad but um yeah i, I think i think they're going to be worth exploring likewise in terms of like navigation for stuff uh i've got a couple of lodestones as loot from bastions but i haven't messed around with them too much yet i honestly don't see myself using them all that much in the nether when i've been using cowards the whole time and i kind of know my way around but i can see them being great for multiplayer servers i can see them being great for adventure maps and anybody who wants to challenge themselves to not use coordinates um the only thing you really still need coordinates for is making sure you can uh correctly match nether portals to the overworld coordinates but Outside of that, you're going to be able to navigate using lodestones and compasses to certain landmarks if you want to. And a really great way of making either a treasure hunt or some sort of like you put down a lodestone on like a landmark somewhere that you want somebody to find, whether it's like a bastion in the nether or if you want to direct people to an end city that you found but didn't raid, you just chuck them a lodestone compass and say, go to the end and follow this. And then they can find that stuff like that. That as a concept is really cool for multiplayer stuff specifically. And if you want to navigate using it in single player, then the option is there for you as well. Outside of that, uh, I haven't messed around with target blocks very much um, because I've mainly been doing the stuff that's in the nether and the target blocks have been, obviously, they're a really interesting redstone feature. I've just considered them an afterthought compared to all of the stuff that's happening in the nether now. Um, I haven't brought uh, hoglins to the overworld to get zoglins, um, which will be useful for farms, but I don't need to mess with them right away. And uh, 
there's a lot of resources that I'm realizing now can be automated really interesting ways. Like, because you can grow, you can effectively grow saplings for the netherite, the, 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 the warped and, and crimson trees. You can grow them from nylium because you, you bone meal nylium to get more of them. So you can automate the growing of those as well. And that, that it might it might be possible. Somebody's probably already done it, knowing the the community, uh, to create like a fully automatic uh, netherite. Not netherite. I keep saying netherite. Uh, fully automatic, like warped or crimson tree farm. You could you could right. probably manage something like that. You can definitely convert nylium from netherrack in really interesting ways. There is there's a lot of potential here for automation in in really fun ways. Not not to mention even stuff like the respawn anchor being automated by like automatically refilling it with glowstone that's super cool and i i think i think they've done a really great job in making some of that stuff accessible giving it redstone functionality or at least giving a comparator readout to some of it so that you can do more interesting stuff with it later yeah and these are all things that i'm looking forward to trying on on the citadel i i know i have a long vertical uh redstone line that turns my fortress farm on and off and i want to try to mess around with using a target block you know with a dispenser into to shoot an arrow down or up to yes. turn to turn it off or on rather than having to chain redstone i don't even remember how i've done it now we haven't um, even we haven't even really touched on the fact that walls are different now as well like you can you can yeah. use the uh, the wall conversion trick and we can now effectively build with stuff like vertical slabs again we've not done all that much building either you or i once the update came out because we've just been exploring but I think, yeah, having having walls being able to be used for vertical redstone travel with observers, having walls that can, you know, connect stuff in different ways and can have glass panes embedded in them properly now, so they actually feel like walls. There's there's a lot going on in this update, man. There's there's so much interesting stuff to look into, and so much that at every turn I'm finding I have left unexplored. So we're really going to yeah. have to we're going to have our our you know, are very full shows in the next few weeks because we will still be exploring stuff about this update, which is a very good thing for me. But I, uh, I think that is where our conversation is drawing to a close for today. I hope you guys are having a great time out there playing the Nether update. And once again, do feel free to email the show if you want to share some of your experiences. We'll be looking for some email to read over the next little while. And the chunk mail dispenser this month, I imagine, is going to be pretty huge. But once again, Hopefully, uh, next week we will be joined by Azumavoid from the Hermitcraft server, and if you feel like sending us an email related to something you'd like him to discuss, maybe you want to ask him about certain aspects of the Nether update, or certain aspects about being the admin for Hermitcraft for all these years, get your questions in to the usual email address. But that wraps up this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to all of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can stride on over to patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and gets us closer to our next milestone goals. We are currently at 186 patrons, which I think is up again from last week. And special thanks go out to our content engineer patrons, Cameron Sigelski, Greener Canuck, J.D. Williamson, Yakov Nastin, and Yitz for your support on this episode. Another reminder that the quarterly hangout will be on July 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be announcing more details in the Discord to our community members for when that will happen uh, and confirm closer to, of course. But mark it on your calendar if you're part of the community. We will look forward to seeing you there. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. 
However, personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast with your friends, server mates, and other places where you talk about Minecraft. Just tell people about the Spawn, spawn Chunks, that it's free, and where people can go to listen. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com, subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and now YouTube. Podcast reviews are a great way to spread word about the show. It's also free. You can just go over to the Apple Podcast app, leave a star review, uh, potentially even a verbal rating if you want, uh, and then that will allow other podcast apps to ping and find the show more often. The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixorifs, where I attempt to make sense of this crazy and wonderful game in a series called The Minecraft Survival Guide. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for The Survival Guide and under-the-lava work right now, trying to get myself some more ancient debris. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. And aside from that, I'm at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me there, just uh, drop me a line there. The Citadel Cafe is the other podcast I do all about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. However, we've been diving into some music lately, which has been a lot of fun. So check that out at thecitadelcafe.com. You can also follow me at Joel Duggan on social media. I am everywhere. There's lots of very tasty food happening on Instagram. And today I will point you towards twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I am streaming nearly daily. I'm going with a shorter daily stream rather than a once or twice a week longer stream seeing how that works out but come over it's fun twitch.tv slash joel duggan thanks for visiting the spawn chunks the world outside is infinite but the world below is exciting mm -hmm.